North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. This is Dr. Lauren Noel. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. If you're a new listener to the show, welcome. So great to have you. On this show, we talk about nutrition, naturopathic medicine, really anything in the uh, health industry that can help you to be healthier. And my real passion is empowering you guys and educating you about your health so you know what options are out there. And also just encouraging you to taking that personal responsibility for your health, that it's really up to you to be as healthy as you want to be. It's no one else's decision but yours. But first thing is getting the information to know what the possibilities are and really how to best understand your body so you, you can make the choice. If you've been listening to this show for a while, thank you for the continued support and the loyalty. If you've had a chance to go over to iTunes and write me a review, I so appreciate it. I read each and every one of those. And if you've been listening to the show for a while and haven't left a review, please go over to iTunes and go ahead and leave a five star if you've been loving the show. To learn more about what I do, a little bit more about naturopathic medicine in my practice, go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com and you can learn all about what it is that we do. I work with patients locally here in San Diego and all over the country, and we're working on building our team of doctors who are all here to help you get as healthy as you can and really look under the uh, the hood to see what's going on on a deeper level and getting to the root of what's going on and, and healing you using naturopathic treatments. Medications are not your only option when it comes to being healthy. So that's my philosophy, and that's what we share on this show. I had a blast this last weekend at Paleo FX in Austin. For those of you who came up and pulled me aside and said hi, I so appreciate meeting you. I love seeing your faces in person. And I uh, had a lot of fun helping my my friend Camille record some episodes for her uh, Paleo TV show at Camille's Paleo Kitchen. Um, lots of fun doing that. As you guys know, I love doing interviews. And I actually love being on video more than anything. So it's fun to get some video time with people like... Uh, like uh, Melissa Hartwig and Diane Sanfilippo and um, Daryl Edwards and just some really inspiring people in the paleo community. I love highlighting what they're up to and just how they're just helping hundreds, thousands of people around the world get healthier. If you miss the paleo um, FX event, you can go on to paleofx.com, check out all the live stream. I believe those are still available to to watch and um, lots of really, really good stuff this year. So on to tonight's show, we have the amazing Cynthia Pasquella on the show. I've actually wanted to have her on for a while, so I'm excited to show you guys this interview. We recorded this just a couple weeks ago. I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. I wanted to have Cynthia on because she has such an inspiring story of just overcoming hardship in her life, and um, and now she's just making a huge impact in the world. I think we all can learn a lot from her story, so Enjoy. All right, so on to our guest for tonight. We have Cynthia Pasquella on the show. She is a celebrity nutritionist, spiritual leader, media personality, and best-selling author of The Hungry Hottie Cookbook and Pink Method, which my good friend Jenna Phillips was also on. Super cool. And I actually got to be in the audience on The Doctors watching them do their thing on stage. It was so cool. Cynthia is famous for inspiring millions of women to discover what they're really hungry for, so they can finally make peace with food and themselves. She's the creator and host of What You're Really Hungry For, 
a web series that goes beyond food and examines why you know what to do but still won't do it, as well as the true secrets behind having the body, health, and life you've always wanted. Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. My gosh, Dr. Lowe, I'm so happy to be here. You're you're like the most amazing person. I totally forgot about that story too. You shared that with me like a couple years ago or something about being in the audience. Yep. Um, when we were launching the feed. That's so cool. It's such a small world. It's so crazy, I, I swear. It was so fun watching that that whole just that whole process of how the show happens and all the takes and it's yeah. uh, it's very interesting that just the whole Hollywood <laughs> meets health kind of thing. And, and you navigated it so well, just so professional up there and making such a huge impact. And that must have been such a wild, crazy ride. I mean, that seems must seem like forever ago that that actually happened, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is kind of crazy. And it, it's definitely a machine. Like I heard about the Hollywood machine like years ago, but it totally is. And it's so wild to be behind the scenes. And, and then, you know, like they change things um, right before you go on to shoot. Really? And then you're shooting and then they change something. You hear something in your ear and they're like, oh, let's talk about this other topic that we didn't tell you we wanted to talk about. Oh now we do. And you're like, okay, I'll just go with that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't actually, I wasn't always very good at TV. I've done this now for many, many, many years. So it's just, it's sort of second nature now. But in the beginning, I was so bad. I was really bad. <laughs> I really was. Well, you worked it, girl. And I tell you that if, if there's if there's a way to, to really get your message out there and, and have a huge impact, and maybe you're not able to say exactly what you want on TV, but to reach that many people, it's, it's all about the TV. So so I think it's amazing yeah. you did that. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks. And, you know, it's it's funny because in the beginning, I think the reason that I wasn't very good at this, and I mean, I don't know how great I am, let's be honest now, but still, it's like I, I was in my head, Dr. Lowe, about yeah. me. You know, I was like, oh, just don't let me fall. Don't, like, let me say the right things. Like, it was just all about sort of me because, mm. you know, no one wants to go on national TV and screw something up. And then that all changed, um, actually, on – it was Dr. Phil that changed all of that for me. I was backstage waiting to go out, and we were just launching the Pink method. We launched it on, on his show. So this would have been before you saw me on The Doctors. And I'm, I'm standing there backstage and I'm nervous. You know, it's the first time doing his show. I've done pretty much every other show in the world, but I had never been on his show. And, you know, he's just this force of nature. And so I'm backstage and I'm nervous and I'm all in my head and I'm like freaking out. And this woman came up to me um, just randomly and said, you know, you don't know me. We've never met, but I just wanted to thank you. And I was like, wow, okay, um, great. For, you know, it's so nice to meet you, but thank me for what? And she looked at me and goes, you saved my life. Mm. And I was just like, whoa. And I still get chills every time I tell that yeah, story. Yeah, got chills, chills. I know. But it's just like, I'm like, whoa. And then in that instant, Dr. Lowe, it became about her, mm. you know, and about the other women and men out there just like her who are looking for those solutions and can't find them. And, and when the, that shifted my perspective in such a huge way, I have to tell you. And then I realized, I mean, and I've always known like TV, radio, it's always just been a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. to get the message out. And I'm just the messenger, you know, like these things come through me, these ideas, like I'm really blessed, but I'm just the messenger. I just show up, you know, I don't know anything that you don't know. It's just sometimes I say it a little better or I package yeah. it a little bit better. Right. Um, yeah. So, so the, you know, the shows and everything have always been a vehicle for the message, but I think I got it in such a big way that day. Like it's just about serving and, and showing up and, mm -hmm. you know, putting out information that maybe, you know, will help someone just make their life a a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit longer. Did it make so. it so much more fun too when you shifted that focus to outward rather than people looking at you and it being all about yourself? Oh, totally, totally. And and I think, um, I mean, I'm just being like super vulnerable on your show right now all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> no, but 
I think it, it shifted um, things in such a way too for, for me. Like um, I felt like people were able to better hear what I had to say mm. because I was speaking from my heart so much instead of just being in my head thinking, oh, you know, because they teach you like interviewing skills to like have three points that you want to make sure you cover when you go out on stage and whatever you do, like you have to cover those three things. You know, even if the conversation goes to crazy town, you got to bring it back and get those three points. And so, you know, you get media training and you do all this stuff and you learn these things. And and that's just silly because, I mean, I, I guess it's helpful in, in some respects, but it's also, it keeps you stuck in the how, you know, as opposed mm. to just the bigger why. And so I was able to shift that. And it's been really fun. Like you said, you know, it's been, it's been much more enjoyable to just have that dialogue and just be in your heart and share what shows up than it is to like be so stressed out over saying the right thing or totally and at the end, yeah, at the end of the day it's like what's the point of just being this pretty person on tv for what at the end of your yeah, life seriously. you die and then what impact does that create you know it's like okay what about this 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 legacy this ripple effect of actually creating an impact for people and how that affects people in their life and on and on and that's that's the real meaning you know um, it really is. Yeah. And it's. It, I love that you're saying this because it really is about the bigger conversation, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the bigger spectrum of, of things. Um, because that, I mean, I, I found like that's how I'm making my decisions now too, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Like I'm not really talking so much about food anymore. Um, I got really kind of burnt out on food and we of can course. talk about that if you want. Same here, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I get so I burnt like, out. I'm talking such... about gluten and <laughs> grains and I'm like, oh, yeah. let's just talk about stuff that matters. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like just don't eat that or right. eat it. Like I don't know, but just, we, there's a bigger conversation that has to be had. And that's like, really what's lighting me up right now and really what I'm excited about. And yeah. if, if, it's, if it's not something that gives me an opportunity to do that and it's just like gratuitous television appearances or whatever, I just have no interest. I don't have a lot of time these days. And yeah. I'm really passionate about what we're doing, especially with the show, what you're really hungry for. It's just... It's just been so exciting to to you know find something that you're so passionate about even more than you were passionate about the thing that you did before this mm. and then just get that out there and that's all I want to talk about. So it's yeah. Yeah, it shifts things in a big way. So one of the things I love that you talk about in in your approach is is really understanding what it is that you're hungry for rather yeah. than okay, how do I get rid of sugar cravings or, you know, why is it that I'm drawn to this food at eleven o'clock at night? I mean, rather than just focusing so much about the food, it's focusing on what's what's underneath that? What is it you're really hungry for? Is it is it food? Is it something beyond that? Mm -hmm. Um I think that's really beautiful. I in my practice with you know, I practice naturopathic medicine, I see patients, you know, from morning to night and <laughs> I guess not night, early early evening. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing patients who are coming in just shaming themselves, like, Oh, I was really bad today, I ate this food and now I've been really bad. So don't judge me, but this is what I'm like, Hey, there's no bad food. Sugar isn't bad. There's I mean, we give the the association to certain things and give it meaning and then tell a story about it and maybe <laughs> it's taking you away from what you ultimately want, but man, we shame ourselves so much. So talk a little bit about this, about the kind of the shame around food and, and what it is that, you know, why is that we give so much meaning to this and just, just drag ourselves down so much when it comes to food? I mean, I feel like food has become this burden so much and, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's underneath all of that? Yeah. I mean, everything that you're saying is so spot on and, and just so important <laughs> for everyone to mm -hmm. hear. You know, you're right. It's not about the bad foods. It is about the stories that we tell about them, you know? And, and when you're looking at 
um, what you're really hungry for and you're discovering that and, and, you know, you have a meal plan, but you're not following it because it's not what you really want. It's like we come to this crossroad and we're like, wow, there's this thing that I really want and I kind of know how to get there, but I'm just not doing it. And it's interesting, the whole shame factor, you know, more people will talk publicly about their sex life than they will talk about what they had for dinner last night, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just such a crazy thing. But I think the important, and, and we get confused by that, like, right. We're like, why won't you just eat this, not that, why won't, you know, what we're not understanding is that it's not about the food, right? We're not having a conversation with them about food. It's not about the food. It's never been about the food. It will never be about the food. It's about this void that they have inside and they try to fill it with things, right? To compensate. And, And the easiest thing to fill it with is food. I mean, you can fill it with alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling or meaningless relationships or whatever, right? There's a lot of different things we can try to fill that void with. But food is easy and we have to eat. So it's it's harder to to not use food as a coping mechanism, right? I mean, you you don't get a cocaine break at at work, but you do get a lunch break, you know? (laughs) So it becomes like this go-to numbing agent, if you will, And what I found is that if we can, because if we can get past the idea of it being about the foods, because people are like, oh, I have no willpower. Well, it's not about willpower, having willpower. It's about finding your power. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about discovering like who you really are at your core and what you're really hungry for. Because here's the thing, you know, and I'll use women as an example. Men have their own struggles too, no doubt, but I know women because I am one. So, you know, women were born and were these beautiful little girls. And I mean, if we want something, we cry for it <laughs> and we get it. And we don't see a thing wrong with that, right? But then at some point, Dr. Lowe, something shifts. And we start hearing things like, oh, you're being too loud. You're being too this. You're being too that. Look at little Susie. Little Susie doesn't doesn't act like that. Like be more like little Susie, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we think, whoa, there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm inherently flawed because why else would your parents or loved ones, people who care about you say those things if they weren't true, right? right? And you believe them. And the reason that you believe them is because you really need for them to be right, right? Like whatever they tell you when you're a child under the age of eight, you'll believe because otherwise, if they don't know what they're talking about, all of a sudden you feel very unsafe, right? Right? Absolutely. You feel very unprotected. So you'll believe them, whatever that is. So now you start to think, wow, there's something really wrong with me. And so we compensate, right? Right. And, and we look at what people tell us we should be or we should do. And this, this is really kind of messed up, but it's like, well, you should go to school and get good grades. So you can get into a good college and meet Mr. Wright and have the 2.5 kids and get a great career and be, you know, be a rock star in the boardroom and a porn star in the bedroom and look like a Barbie doll while doing it. Right. And, and that's not even the crazy part. Like the crazy part is that we say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That, <laughs> that sounds great. Sign me up, right? Which, yeah. which makes no sense at all. But, but we don't want to be different and, and we, we want to conform and we don't want something to be wrong with us, right? Nobody wants to be the weirdo in the corner that nobody talks about being a little different. So the problem is we become so busy trying to be who they say we should be that we forget who we are. We've no idea because we've compromised that in such a big way, right? Such a big way. And it's unfortunate, but most of us are just living a lie. You know, we have relatives or or friends or loved ones who adore us and they have no idea who we really are Mm -hmm. because we don't know. Do you understand? Like we don't know what, what, what that void is. But so we've created this void where our self used to be ourself that knew what made us happy, that knew, you know, the foods that we could enjoy, that that wasn't focused on just obsessing about food all the time, that knew, you know, what made us happy at the end of the day or what our real 
build dreams and goals where the kind of person that we really wanted to be or the things that we, the ways that we'd want to spend our days, like that, that part, that self is now gone. Mm -hmm. We don't have that anymore. And so it doesn't logically occur to to any of us, like certainly didn't to me, like, oh, it's just that void of myself. I need to go fill that and then I'll be fine. Like none of us do that, right? Instead, we eat, right? We eat so we don't feel the pain. We eat to fill the void. And then that gets us on this whole other trajectory of poor health and being overweight. And we think it's just about the food and the cravings that we can't stop when it has nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. And the first part is being aware and being conscious about it because the real damage happens when this just happens without us recognizing it It just goes, you know, undistinguished and, and it just runs us, it runs the show. So once we recognize that this is happening, I guess, first off, how do Number one, how do we recognize and know this is something that's happening, you know, taking that veil over our eyes? And then how do we get back to that, back to that authentic self when before, you know, I say is like when we would run around naked and not care who was looking like our our (laughs) authentic self before all of those stories came and all the, you know, just all the lies we tell ourselves. So how do we do that? Well, I think, I mean, I think we know, right? I mean, your first question, and to your point, I have to say, like, being aware is the first step, and you're so right on. You're 100% right, because when we're aware, then we can start to create choices, right? And it may be be the wrong choice. That's okay. It may be the right choice. I don't know. But the point is, we're aware enough to actually make a conscious decision instead of just reacting and using old patterns that we've used in the past, right? Yeah. So you ask, like, well, how do you know? Like, how do you know when you're at this point? I think we all know. I think it's just really inherent. You know, unless you're just really happy and thrilled with your life and you love your body weight and and your health is right on track and you have no cares in the world, like I don't know anyone that hasn't experienced some sort of trauma. Right. Even if it's just the, just being born, that's very traumatic. You know, I mean, one would argue that, and we, we know like how babies brains shift when they, when they're born. So that in and of itself is trauma. So we all have that. And I don't know that. And just by default as human beings, we're programmed to conform, right? We're programmed to just be, to, to not ruffle the, the feathers, to just be a pack member and just be okay with that. Because what happens if we don't is it's very scary for other people, right? Yeah. And they're like, whoa, you know, Dr. Lowe, running around naked, doesn't care who, who sees her. Like, this is not quote unquote normal. She's a little different. So I'm going to make her feel bad because she's making me feel weird. So I'm just going to project that back on her. So she stops and I feel better. You know, so it's like as a society, if heaven forbid you start to do anything to stand out, then we're shamed, right? And then we're ridiculed, we're made to feel different, and no one wants to feel that. So I think if you're in a a place where with anything in your life right now, there's something that's not quite lined up, then you're hungry for that, right? It's pretty, pretty easy to sort of see that. And then how do you get back was the other question that you asked, like, how do you return to yourself, if you will? And this is a process. It's, it's interesting. I I tell this story. I was working with this woman. She's in her early fifties, great woman, just absolutely fantastic human being. And I sort of posed the same question to her, you know, like, what is it that makes you happy? Because we were, we were working through what she was really hungry for and doing this return to herself. 
And so I said to her, like, you know, tomorrow, if, if, you know, money were no object, if time weren't a thing, what would you do? Like, how would you wake up tomorrow? How would you live that day? Another um, way people look at this sometimes, just so you know, is, you know, if you only had like four hours left to live, what would you do? Right. Right. This is the way to sort of flip that. So I said to her, like, what would you do? What is it that makes you really, truly happy? The things that makes you happiest in the world. And she sat, Dr. Lowe, and she thought about it. And she took a minute and then she looked up at me and with just tears just streaming down her face and she's sobbing. And between these sobs, she looks me dead in the eye and said, I have no idea. Mm. She had no idea. And, and what I realized is, you know, she's not alone. Do we really know the things that make us happy? Do we really understand like who we are at our core? Do we really believe what we say we believe or do we just believe it because that's what we're supposed to believe and we don't want to be weird or odd or stand out or have to defend our opinions or our choices, mm-hmm. right? It's really important to get super honest with yourself and and pose that question, you know? And sometimes you don't like the answers. You really don't because here's what happens. If they're not the, the, the quote-unquote right answers, then things have to change. Yeah. You know? And are you in a relationship where you're pretending to be someone? And maybe you've been doing this for years, but you're not doing what makes you happy. You're just doing it so this other person is happy. Well, essentially, you're lying, right? Which isn't cool because it hurts you too. But this person is now in love and in a relationship with someone that doesn't even exist, someone that's not even real. So when you start to question things and you ask those deep questions like, am I living my truth? Do I really believe the things I believe in? These things I take a stand for, do they really matter to me or am I just going through the motions? It's very scary because if the answer is, yeah, I'm not really happy. This isn't who I am. It's not what I want for my life. Then you can't unknow that right? Mm. You can't unknow. And so then you have to do something about it. So you either A, continue to be miserable, which will only last for a certain amount of time, or B, make some changes. And those changes oftentimes are big changes. And that can be a scary thing for us. Mm. You can't unknow that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Once you have that, that knowledge, there's a responsibility because then if you continue to do what you're doing, knowing better, there's that incongruence and that's very uncomfortable. Exactly. And you'll only do that for so long, right? Right. Yeah. 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 You'll be able to handle it for much longer. I think of the analogy of a glass of water, put some dirt in there. If you're, if you're always shaking up that glass, it's always going to be murky. You won't be able to see through it and have that clarity. But as soon as you stop and just give it some time, let it settle and really Mm -hmm. have that peace. And then you'll find that that glass becomes clearer. You can see through that. There's that serenity that comes with just being still and allowing yourself to find your center And we are in this state of such go, go, go and distractions. We're in this state of, you know, this, uh, this time of of distractions, right? With all the social media and we wake up looking at our phone as soon as we wake up and then throughout, throughout the whole day. And I, Hey, same here. I I do it too. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we take our phones to bed and then we wake up and we do it again and we are just like zombies. So where does, how do you think that having that time for yourself and whether it's a morning routine or whatever, having time to have that, you know, constant finding your center, how important do you think that is to all of this? 
Um, that I, I love your analogy, first of all, like the glass of water, like that's so smart. You're so clever. Um, I love that. And I'll tell you, I mean, the quiet time, that's that still time that none of us ever have is everything. Yeah. It's everything. Do you remember in the beginning when you and I first started talking, I said, look, I don't, I don't really know anything that you don't know. It's just sometimes I can say it a little better just because yeah. I've had a lot of practice and a lot of people help me along the way. And, and, you know, again, I'm just a messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you're the expert on you. Like, I don't know anything about you. I can't reveal any crazy wild things that you don't already know. Mm. Now, sometimes you don't want to know them, right? And, and you know, you I've coached clients and I'll be like, well, what's the reason behind this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I think you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we may not want to know because when we do know, then we have to listen to it. We have to hear that ugly truth that we may or may not be willing to confront right now. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, to your point of, oh my gosh, we're all in the phones from morning till night. And, and I totally hear you. I've, I've actually started recently trying to do do not disturb like 24 seven. Yes. <laughs> shut it down, Dr. Lowe. I really have. I'm trying this like digital detox. And so, so far I'm really loving you it. love it though? Yeah. When you do that, do you, you feel so different, right? I'm like a different person. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not constantly reacting, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not constantly, it's like I was in a fight or flight mode constantly. Cause I was time. like, Oh, somebody texted me, somebody emailing me. I got to respond, you yeah, know, like crack. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've never done crack, just for the record. However, probably similar. No, but but the whole thing is, I mean, look, it's not like we can't put the phone down. We can. It's not like we can't turn off the TV or the computer because we can. And sometimes I I wonder because it's clear if we don't want these distractions in our life, we can get rid of them. But I wonder if we're choosing them so that we don't have to hear the real messages that come through. Mm-hmm. Like, do we want to get quiet? Because I would argue that a lot of us, myself included, at times, 100%, I don't want to get quiet. Because when I do, those answers, those things that I need to hear, that I need to deal with, that are coming up in my life, then they come through and I hear them. And I'm like, oh. And again, I can't unknow that, right? I can't, I can't go backwards. So now like I have to deal with them or just numb them. And that's not like, neither of those are a good option (laughs) in the moment. So it's like, oh, do I really want to get quiet? Because we can talk about how getting still and, you know, having the water be clear, right? So, so you can very clearly see what the information is that you need to process or, you know, what action you need to take or whatever the case might be. But I wonder if we really want that. Mm -hmm. Take some courage to do that. Yeah, I never really thought about that because I've heard from patients and also I've felt that myself sometimes that meditating is so hard to do because I've made up this story. Okay, well, I'm just kind of a go, go, go person. I'd rather go for a walk. I need to move instead. But hey, maybe it's that having that time to sit, be still and, and be with myself and finding that center. It's going to bring things up that maybe subconsciously I'm not ready for. Or I don't have the courage to, to look at. But yeah. You know, if you're really wanting to shift into really feeling like you're living your authentic truth and what it is that really matters to you, you got to mm-hmm. have that time to be quiet and be with yourself. And like you said, you're the expert on you. All of you guys listening, I'm not the expert on you. Cynthia is not the expert mm-hmm. on you. You are the expert on you. And it's, it's good to glean information from people and to learn more. But at the end of the day, you really know yourself best mm-hmm. and, you know, give yourself that, um, 
you know, that credibility, you've been with yourself from birth until this point. So you know yourself best. And uh, it's it's easy sometimes to look at all these gurus outside of yourself and try to find the answer. But, you know, really give yourself that credibility and, um, and that personal power, you know, that you really have what what you're looking for. Yeah, I love that. So beautifully said. And, you know, I think that the thing is, and you hit, you're, you're just like taking all the all my talking points, but it's so good <laughs> because you talked about courage, like the courage that it takes to really do this work. And, mm-hmm. you know, here's the thing, like if you really want to stop dieting and you want to like get the life that you want and you want to get the relationship and the career, like, I mean, I can help you do that, right? Yeah. You, you can do that work. I would challenge anyone who says they can't because I know that you can it's just having the courage yeah. to do something different. And it's about getting comfortable being uncomfortable, yeah. right? So because this change, the change is a big thing. And we're talking about major. I mean, we're talking about unearthing the truth of who we are that could change our entire life. Yeah. Kind of a big deal, right? Kind of a big deal. And it does take a lot of courage. What I found is like when the pain and the the pain of changing versus the pain of staying the same, mm-hmm. like they have to out, start to out, one has to start out to outweigh each other, right? It's like that great quote, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Yeah. So when the pain just becomes too painful, more painful than the pain it would take to change, that's when the shift happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we all, for the most part, know what to do. And that doesn't always translate into doing it. And, you know, we can have some goals of what we ultimately want. But, you know, from what you've found working with clients and your experience over the years, what do you see as being necessary to actually have permanent changes and to make that really a lifestyle where you get to where you want? And it's not just this pie in the sky. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have this body or this is something, you know, I'm gonna eat this way or that way or goals, you know, I mean, what do you find that actually keeps it sustainable where it's permanent changes? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is something I struggled with in the beginning of my own practice in such a big way because, you know, I'm trained in clinical nutrition. Um, that was my first training, my core training um, when I was trying to heal my own body. I came through this just for my own, you know, need to heal because I was really sick at the time and in just a really bad place. But what they taught um, in, you know, all my clinical nutrition stuff was, well, just eat this and not that, you know, burn more calories than you're taking in, you'll lose weight, it'll be fine, right? And I I knew that that didn't really work because I had tried all of those things, right? I tried all of those things when it came to healing myself. So I knew it wasn't about that. And I also knew that there, I started learning like, oh, wait, not everyone follows the same diet. Our bodies are different. Our needs are different. You know, our health, we're at different places, we're different different ages, different stages and phases of life. So I thought, okay, and I started customizing like what was working for me. And I would do the same thing for my clients, right? But I was essentially only still offering them meal plans. And meal mm-hmm. plans are great and they can be very helpful. And there, there definitely is a science to nutrition. And you do need to know what to eat for your body, right? When, you know, whether it's like doing your food intolerance testing and whatever else you want to do, eating a diet that's conducive to your best health is critical, right? Yeah. However, so I think that's, that's the, the, the one piece is the science of it, the science of nutrition, But we also have to really look at the psychology as well because what I started noticing is I would give people meal plans and just be like, okay, just go eat this and come back. Tell me how it went. And they just wouldn't do it. And I was so yeah. – I just remember being like, what? Why? Why Why won't you just do – like you're paying me good money to give you good advice. Right. Why won't you just do it? 
And I think we've all asked ourselves that, you know, like, oh, why can't I just get it together? Why am I such a loser? Why can't I stay on this diet for longer than seven hours? You know, I think we've all sort of been there. And I remember um, Dr. Lowe, this woman, I'll never forget her. She was in my office and I'd been seeing her for, for several weeks and every week was exactly the same. She had a thing with candy bars, right? Mm-hmm. So every week she would come in and we'd plan out a meal plan together, exactly what she was going to eat. I'd give her the recipes. She was all set. All she had to do was do that, <laughs> just do that for the next week and then come back and we know how it went. And so every week she would come back and she would never follow the plans. And so she caught me on just the right day at the right time. And I think I was just sort of annoyed with something else. I don't even remember what it was. But I remember she came in. I'm looking at her food journals that she kept and noticing, like, again, the candy bars. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, you know, I really don't understand what's happening here. I would love to. I would love to support you. I'm so here to help. But every week, I tell you exactly what to do and how to do it. And every week, you don't do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, the point is here where you're wasting, you know, my time and your money. And if you want help, I'm here to help you. Otherwise, like, I don't know how to help you if you don't do what I ask. Yeah. This woman did something that no one had ever done to me. And she stood up and yelled at me, <laughs> like screaming at me, Dr. Lowe. Whoa. I've never <laughs> had this happen. Like her whole face was red. Like she was just a different being. And she stood up and she said, you have no idea. She's like, I make fat jokes before someone else beats me to it. Mm. I joke about things and I go along with things and I'm the funny girl because if I'm not, they call me fat. Mm. And she's like, these candy bars are the only friends I have left and I won't let you take them away from me. Wow. Goosebumps again. Oh, right. Me too. This woman completely shifted the way I looked at nutrition Mm -hmm. because I got it. It wasn't just the food. So I was like, whoa. So then the psychology piece of why do we know what to do, but still won't do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to understand why we make the choices that we make. We have to get to intimately know ourselves, right? If you give me a really structured diet, I will follow it for about 13 minutes and then I'm done. Because I don't work that way. Most adults don't. You know, we think, well, we're grown men and grown women. Like, I, and you want me, you're telling me what I can and can't eat, especially after the day I've had. You know, we just won't do that. We want self-control. We, we're, we're tired of giving away our power. And that's what we do when we just do what someone else says we should do, regardless of whether or not we want to, mm-hmm. right? So we have to start, start, start shifting that mindset and start looking at, okay, when I'm not doing these things, why is that? And that's the psychology piece of it. So that was huge for me. And then the third and final piece that I found to create the real permanent change is once we open that this rabbit hole of, wow, why do I know what to do, but I'm still not doing it? We, we go backward and we start looking at the spiritual part, right? Like, why am I pretending to be this person that I'm not? How did this even start? How did this get created? What was that defining moment where I felt like I wasn't good enough and didn't deserve. And now I sabotage myself and won't eat the right things because it's just in me, conditioned in me from a little kid that I'm not worthy of these good things in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's not, like that's where the magic happens because then we start to become almost the observer Right? We start to become aware of the choices we're making, like you said in the beginning. And awareness, as you said, is the very first step. Because now we're like, oh, gosh, well, I have a healthy eating plan that I've come up with. But, man, I really, really want that pizza 
right? Right. And, and you can start to say, oh, okay, well, this is me doing that thing again because now you know why you crave the pizza because you've gone back and you've done the work. You've looked at, you know, the psychology of, of your choices and the spiritual aspect of how this conditioning was started. So now you can say, oh, well, this is just me doing that thing again and I understand why, mm. right? And it's so empowering. And then you have the power of choice. Now, from there, you might choose like, no, nah, I don't want that pizza. It's not my thing. I got my healthy food over here. Or you might choose to eat the pizza. I, I really want that pizza. And that's mm-hmm. fine. The point is, it, it's not about making the perfect choice then and perfect, like should just be an outlawed word, by the way. But it's not about making yeah. you know the quote unquote right choice then. It's about having the opportunity and the awareness and the consciousness to make that choice. Because mm-hmm. even if you decide to make to eat the pizza, you decided that. And that's you being empowered. It's you taking back your power. That's why I said it's not about willpower, right? It's about finding your power. And when you do that, whatever you want to do, you're completely unstoppable at. Mm. And it's such a kind way of, of living. It's such a kind way of treating <laughs> yes. yourself is that, oh, oh there's that coming up again. Okay. Yes. And then having that compassion for yourself okay, well, if I'm really craving this right now, maybe I need something. Maybe yeah. I need some, yeah. some yeah. girl time. Maybe I, need, maybe I need some time to do nothing. Um, you know, like I was telling you before the interview, I was scheduled to go to this uh, stage presence, public speaking thing all weekend. And, and I said on Thursday night, and, and I'm, I'm not one to back out of things, but it was one of those, you know, no, I need this weekend to, mm-hmm. to just charge my batteries. And I remember asking myself, I actually said, okay, I'm going this weekend. And I listened to how my body felt and it felt really constricted. And I said, I'm going to stay home this weekend. And I felt so free. Mm. I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's what's true for me. That's what I need to do for myself. And of course there can be, uh, you know, judgments and people can say, oh, well she registered and then she backed out and that's fine. You know, that's, but but I knew for myself, that's what I needed to be a better doctor and to be more healthy and to just, you know, find my center again. And that's what I did. So it was a, it's a very kind way to operate and, you know, and I just encourage you guys, if there's something, if you feel drawn to doing something that you see as quote unquote bad, okay, what is, what am I actually really needing right now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, listen to that. Like you said, your client who candy bars were her best friend. If yeah. she, you know, and it, it was so great that she tuned into that and she was able to express that to you. Cause that was a huge eye opener for you. But for her, that might've been a big aha. Okay. Wow. This is what mm-hmm. I really need is some real true human interaction and some real friends. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. And, and I mean, the whole kind thing. And the other thing, too, you're right about this woman. It, it was a realization for her. Like, yeah. I, as soon as it came out of her mouth, she was like, what? <laughs> what did I just say? But the thing was, is I had made her so angry. <laughs> yeah. And I had challenged her to a point where she just didn't care. And like her whole pretending to be someone else, she didn't care about it anymore. She was over that. She was over me. She was just so angry because I had hit at such a truth in her, right? Mm. And it was her truth. And it was a truth for her. I didn't know that. I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> but but she, everything shifted. And so, again, it's that pain, you know, of just staying in that tight bud that was, it became more painful for her to continue to protect herself than it was to just bloom and to blossom and to be like, this is my issue, you yeah. know? But it really, it, it came to that defining moment for her. I also love, you know, you're talking about being kind instead of mean and, oh my gosh, like, I guarantee if there was someone in your life who said the things to you that you say every day to yourself, 
that person wouldn't be in your life very long, right? Because what do we do? We're like, oh my God, you totally ate that whole thing. You're such a fat pig. Like yeah. that wasn't even on your diet. You're such a loser. You know what? You're you're just always going to be fat and ugly. And you put like, a restraining pathetic. order against that person. Seriously, <laughs> but you know what? Here's the crazy thing: you sleep with that person, you yeah. eat with that person, like you share your home and every your children's lives with that person because that person is you. Right? So yes, let's be kind. And at the same time, there's something I'm really into lately. I've really been feeling this and you just brought it up in me and I think it's so important. It's really, um, when you said like, look, I, I needed to go, I, I signed up to go to this thing and then I just didn't want to. And it was at the last minute, but that was, that was your truth. Right. And mm-hmm. that's like what you needed in that moment. I'm really interested right now in the power of your voice, owning the power of your voice and owning your truth. Mm-hmm. Right? Because one of the reasons that we get to be so hungry that there's something missing in us is that we don't speak our truth. Right? And we just go along with the status quo because that's what we are supposed to do. And you know me, I'm not really like that. I'm not really just sort of, I, like, I very much speak my truth. Yeah. And for, for, for better or worse, you know, you could argue either. Um, but really stepping into the power of your truth and owning that and not caring what effect that might have on someone because it's not about them, right? It's about your own well-being. And, and if they're the right person in your life, they'll love you and they'll support you and it won't matter. And if they're not, then who cares? They shouldn't be in your life anyway, right? That's right. That very sacred space should be reserved for people who have your best intentions at heart, not theirs. So... I'm really enjoying this conversation and, and exploring having the power of your voice to speak up in every single moment. You know, you're getting a massage and it doesn't feel so good. And you're just mm-hmm. like, wow, this is not good. And the massage therapist is like, how is this? Is everything good? And you're like, yeah, it's great. Right. <laughs> like, why <laughs> would there. you do that? Right? Like, why would you say that? Well, because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to be that woman, you yeah, know? Totally. It's like, you don't want to complain. And and women have, you know, this, this um, get the, the stereotype, you know, this, this, angry woman or whatever. And so we don't do that. Like we don't own our voice. We don't own our truth. But then you know what? That leaves us hungry for a better massage that we didn't get. So then we go and we buy a donut because that's going to comfort us more than that (laughs) massage. You know, like that's going to fill the hunger that that massage that you just got didn't. And now you're angry because you paid the money and it didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? So if you can just speak your truth, you know, it's, it's, I love the effort that you're putting into this. It's just such a beautiful experience being here with you. And it's sort of not working for me. And I'm wondering if we could work together to figure out why. Yes. You know, just like really owning that truth. and the Because you know what it does? It holds you to a higher standard. It holds the other person or the people around you to a higher standard. And I really feel like, you know, I've been around strong women. I mean, I would argue that you're one of them. And I've heard you just speak your truth and just say like, this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, and, and lots of other women too, you know, like JJ Virgin and Sarah Gottfried, it's like, I am inspired to do the same. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, Dr. Lowe, she just wouldn't be okay with that. She'd say something. Mm-hmm. And it is, I'm like, I can too then, you know? And so if we start to do that and we stop covering up and stop making ourselves even hungrier than we already are, that's a huge step forward. So I would really challenge everyone to really own your truth, like use the power of your voice. Yeah. And there's something so... um refreshing about being being around someone who does that and you know that if you need some honesty you can ask them you know you know those people in your life who they will tell you the honest truth and those are the people you you always ask advice you know totally yeah totally 
Yeah. It's funny. Um, Gary Zukov talks about being spiritual partners with someone and basically a spiritual partnership. It could be a marriage. It could be a friendship. It could be a work relationship, whatever. And his whole thing is, you know, spiritual partners come together to help each other grow. And when mm. there's no longer growth, then there's no longer a partnership. Right. Mm. And so he talks about spiritual partners versus friends. And, you know, he says spiritual partners say the hard things that could ruin everything. And they say it anyway. And friends go along with what you said. Yeah. Right. right. It's like friends don't want to rock the boat, but spiritual partners flip it over to help you swim. Mm, I love that. Right. It's so good. Yeah. So, so challenging yourself not to be friends with somebody, not to placate them, but to be that spiritual partner and, you know, hold them to higher standards and be honest. Like they deserve that from you and you deserve that from them. Yeah. hundred percent. Dang girl, I could talk about this all day with you, but it's (laughs) crazy. Time flies. Okay. So for, for everyone at home, this is really, really juicy stuff. And it's, uh, it's like, it's like soul candy, you know? Um, Mm. let's talk about like a, like maybe one tangible thing people at home can start doing now where they can really start to tune into what is it that they're hungry for? Maybe Mm. being able to really tune into what is it that matters to them? Um, yeah. you know, to where they can kind of sift through all of this noise and really get tuned in tune to, to them and what really matters to them. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think a lot of stuff, even though it's, um, it's bigger concepts than, you know, eat this for breakfast and this for lunch and this for dinner. Yeah. I think we've given a lot of food today for thought, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a, there's a lot of information that I think people can really take. And, and the whole idea of, you know, us talking today, the whole idea of the, what you're really hungry for show, like all of this is just to start a bigger conversation. You know, it's just to sort of make us think, but mm-hmm. I would, I would say the first thing for all of us to do is just to start to be really aware of ourselves. Like you so eloquently said in the beginning, like just start to be aware of, here's how simple it is. This is what I have all my clients do. Be aware of in a given day, what really makes you happy and what kind of doesn't. And just keep a running list of that. You know, I do it through, I have my clients do it just throughout the day. You know, sometimes I check in with myself and I'm just doing it throughout the day. Just type a note on your phone, write it down in a notepad that you carry in your purse or whatever the case might be. Some people, I have clients that like want to wait until the night and and do it and they they have space and go back and sort of analyze their day. And that's fine if that works for you and you can remember, I can't. (laughs) I forget things as soon as they happen. So just start to take the temperature of your own life. Just start there. Mm. These things I'm really loving. These things feel like not who I am at all. Because what's going to happen is, and do this for three to four days, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to start to see like who you really are. That's going to feel so good because you're going to be like, hmm, I don't like showing up at certain appointments at certain times, right? Or I don't really like hanging out with this person. I just do it because we've been friends for 10 years and I don't know how to stop that, right? But you start to see some very uh, big truths in your life, right? And you start to see the things that you are, like you start to reconnect to who you are, your authentic self, and that's so key. And then you start to see the things that you really aren't connecting with, right? And you start mm-hmm. to see where that hole is so that you can start to fill that void with the other things and you can start to let the things that don't serve you go. So after making this list, it allows you again to create the awareness so that you can take the next step, which is making the next decision for you based on what it is that you're really hungry for. Right. And the way you do that, I actually have a gift for your listeners too. Um, 
Okay. I have a whole hungry method, something called the hungry method. And hungry is an acronym. It walks you through exactly how to create things in your life that you don't want, but in a way that they stay permanently, right? Um, so the H is honestly state what you want in your life that you currently don't have. And after going through this exercise of, wow, these things make me really happy every day, these things really don't, you'll start to see what that is. It'll become so apparent. And then the U is uncover your beliefs, which is, well, why do you believe you don't have it? Because our beliefs are everything, right? And usually, as I said before, those come in when we're just kids and we don't know any different. We don't know not to believe those things because they're not true. We take them on. And so things like, I'm not worthy, um, you know, I don't deserve this, um, I can't do it, I'm not strong enough, those types of things. So uncover those beliefs. And then the N is to notice the event or events that helped you to create this belief. Right, and now we're getting much deeper. And don't worry, I have a, a free um, a free worksheet and action guide for for you guys if you're listening and trying to take notes. I know it can be a lot, <laughs> but what happened that led you to those beliefs? Like, what's the first time you can remember feeling this way? And so now we're getting back to go, so we can heal that root cause. Right, G is for go back, remember how you felt. How did you feel? Because emotions are everything, right? It's like. When you recall these emotions, this thing that happened, it's not always very pleasant. You know, I mean, I've had women uncover things like, oh, well, here's what I want, but I don't have it because I don't believe I, you know, I should be skinny because I believe that if I'm skinny, people will hurt me or take advantage of me. Well, what's, you know, what led you to that belief? Well, I was sexually abused when I was young. So when we get to G and it's like, go back and remember how you felt, it's really hard. It can be very, very difficult to go back there and put yourself in that situation to go through it again. And it's also very critical. It's important that you understand the way you felt and what was happening because typically there's so much confusion because you're a child, right? So being able to go back and feel those things and then do the R, which is reconnect to your truth. You know, you can say now to that little person that this was happening to, you know, this isn't your truth. And I'm so, so, so sorry this happened to you, but I'm here now and I've got this. You know, you're not the thing that happened to you. You're not all of these beliefs and you choose, you can choose to let go. And I'm simplifying this process just for sake of time. But this is where, again, that magic really starts to happen, right? And you reconnect to your truth of who you really are and what you're really hungry for. And you let go of those old beliefs that defined you for so long. And then the why is just yielding to forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness is everything. Because once you understand why you've made the choices that you're made and you're ready to quote unquote eat what you're really hungry for how can you forgive those people who assisted you in creating those false beliefs originally how can you let go of what happened and just move forward and the first step in that is forgiving and we're not saying you know like oh it's okay what you did to me because most likely it isn't you know but by forgiving that person and here's how I do it just so I don't excuse the behavior because I've had a lot of things happen in my life yeah. and they're not okay. And I don't want to put that out there, right? So what I say is, you know, I forgive you for not being the blank, the mother, the whatever I needed you to be. I forgive you and I set you free. 
And in doing so, it's like we let go of that. I let go because who knows what they were going through? Who knows what, right. who knows what, you know, the person that sexually abused me when I was young, who knows what their childhood was like? I don't know. And I'm not making excuses for them because it's not okay in any universe or any way, shape, or form is that okay. And I'm choosing to let that go. I'm choosing to see the things that happened as happened for me, not to me. And I don't want, it's not like, Forgiveness is really important because when we hold a grudge and we hold all this negative energy, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies, mm-hmm. right? It's like it poisons our bodies, our souls. We, we, um, we compensate for it with the drinking and we numb out and the, you know, the food and the gambling and all these things when it's not necessary. Like we have the strength. We have the courage in us. We just have to make the choice to go down this, this process. And so when we get to forgiveness, it's just really, really beautiful thing. It allows you to grow and stretch and it's just so transformative. So that's a process that I go through um, when I'm first starting to work with clients. And again, that's a much condensed version of this mm-hmm. process, but I have a guide for you that um, you guys can all use to walk through that. But the work is important. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not always fun work, but it's so liberating and it's just so transformative. Well, and it makes so much of the other work just downstream instead of this struggle, yeah. struggle, struggle of the doing yeah. rather than just shifting that being that comes in, comes from doing this work. It's totally. really, really powerful. So how do, how do my listeners get a hold of that? Yeah, so um, so we put together a package for your listeners. I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, we we have this show called "What You're Really Hungry For," and we're just digging deeper into this conversation, right? And I'm interviewing all these amazing experts um, on what they're really hungry for and how we can shift this change. So what we've done is we've packaged the first six episodes of this show, along with transcripts and worksheets. Every single episode has an action guide because I didn't want it to be one of those shows where you just sort of sit and you listen to a lot of theory and great ideas, but you don't really have a way to implement them, right? right. So every single episode has what we call a menu, Y-O-U, so that you can start to discover and eat what you're really hungry for, right? So that's um, one of the packages that we put together for you. And we also included um, the Hungry Method Quick Start Guide so that this process that I just walked you through, you can take that, you can download the whole process and you can start to work through it. There's, you know, room for you to to get really clear, to, to write these things down, you know, to have that breathing space. So all of this is available um, if you just go to what you're really hungry for.com. So again, what you're no apostrophe, what you're really hungry for.com. And you can download all of that for free. Just tell me where to send it and we'll shoot it over to you guys. Amazing. I love this work. It's so juicy. It makes such a huge impact. And Cynthia, I just really want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing and and really creating a real conversation around this. It's refreshing. It's soul feeding. It's the real stuff. And, you know, you, you reach so many women around the world and I just really want to acknowledge you for being that beacon for so many of these women and, and going through it yourself, you've done the work and, you know, I know it wasn't always the most comfortable thing, but going through it, you're now able to really pay it forward and you continue to do the work and it's just very inspiring. So, you're the sh- you're the you're the shit girl. I don't cuss a lot on the show, but I had to in that moment. It just it was my truth. You're the shit girl. I love that. Stand in the power of your voice. It's so cool. It's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I thank you so much, um, truly, for having me here and just uh, you know trusting what I have um, mm-hmm. to share is is going to you know resonate with your audience. I don't take that lightly. I never take you know someone introducing you to the people that trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, I never take that lightly. So thank you so much for just you know 
know, allowing me this opportunity to share this message. Um, I, I so appreciate that. And thank you for being you because you really are one of those great examples of someone who's getting it right, you know, and someone who doesn't shy away from her truth and someone who does constantly challenge herself and, and, and stands in that. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. And, and you're just, you know, casting such a beautiful light for others to see the way. So I, I mean, I want to thank you because what you're doing in the world truly is, is so amazing. So, um, so thank you for being that example for all of us, myself included. And thank you for giving me this, this opportunity. I so, so, so appreciate it. You got it, girl. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> me and our listeners on Dr. Low Radio. And um, we'll, we'll have you back on real soon, I'm sure. That sounds great, Dr. Low. Take care. All right, you guys, that is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely love Cynthia. I know you got a ton out of that interview as I did. I was taking notes during the show and just so inspired by her story. You can learn more about Cynthia at CynthiaPasquella.com. And of course, please visit us over at ShineNaturalMedicine.com. I love you guys so much. We will check you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See stores for details. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See store for details.